0: hey guys this is ronnie just a reminder these are old episodes and if you want to check out what we are currently doing all you have to do is go to the rebooted channel on youtube and you can see our sweet faces talking about this stuff and announcing a new podcast with ed greer ron swallow and producer bill called the greatest pod check it out wherever you get your podcasts in addition if you want to support us monetarily All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash the greatest pod and you can sign up for the $5 tier that gets you extra podcasts or sign up for the $7 tier that gets you the extra podcasts and art sent directly to your house. We've got a new T public store for you to get all of the cool shirts that you could possibly want the mumbo gumbo the pop art reboot crew the classic logo and then of course. The Rebooted Drinking Game, which has Jensen Ackles and DJ Qualls, among other fan favorite comments. So do yourself a favor. Go to tpublic.com user reboot dash it and pick up your favorite T-shirt. So thanks for listening and thanks for supporting Reboot It.
1: Fired from sub-basement D of a major motion picture studio. The development executives must go to the last places in Hollywood with money. Now streaming, Reboot It! And so then Mel Gibson says to me, I'm not going to do the movie unless i can throw a hatchet into a man's head and when mel gibson says i want to decapitate the man you say oh are we are we on the air are we doing the the show right now
0: yeah yeah we are yeah
1: we're we're live we're live great great this is very good to be here with you uh i am roland uh dean would you introduce yourself roland i hate when you do that i can i can introduce myself roland I'm my own man, okay? You don't need to talk about me. Oh, Dean, he's so sensitive. You know, he's a very sensitive man. Listen, it is great to meet you guys. We would like if you could just introduce yourselves. So you come very highly recommended from some people we trust. uh, Jean Peters not being one of them, but you know, uh, maybe we can bond over our mutual dislike of Jean Peters. Um, No comment, but I'm producer Bill. (laughs) Billy Business. Uh, Ed Greer, and I would. What? No, go ahead. Oh. Ron, how Ed. many times
2: have we introduced <laughs> ourselves? <stuff? laughs> okay. This is
1: off to a bad start already. Off to a bad start. Okay. I'm Ed Greer. I'm Ron Swallow. Great. Very nice to meet all of you. Don't listen to Dean. Dean is a fuddy daddy. We call him the party pooper. You know, he's he's not the fun one in the group. Roland, I'm sick of the abuse, okay? I'm sick of it. I've put up with it for too long. I'm sick of the abuse. Oh, Dean, take it easy. Take it easy. Okay, gentlemen, let me tell you what we're doing here today. Dean and I, we produced this movie. It was called Independence Day. You might know it. Uh for the record, I was the chief architect of Independence Day. I wrote it like all my movies. It has a very um salient message about the human condition. You know, I I I tell fables with my stories. That's how that's how I write a movie. Dean, nobody wants to hear about your goddamn fables. I swear to God, with this guy is very pretentious, very pretentious. Okay, Independence Day, it was very big movie. We try it again, it don't work so good. But Fox say Independence Day, perfect for Hulu. So we ask you, what can you do with franchise? Um, just make sure, if we're going to be doing an Independence Day movie, I'd really like Resurgence to be in continuity. I put a lot into that script. Don't listen to Dean. Do not listen to Dean. <laughs> do whatever you want. I don't care about Resurgence. We want to make money. We don't want to build on a bomb. God damn it, Roland. God damn it. (laughs) Why do you treat me this way? Okay, okay. We're going to discuss this off the air. You do whatever it is you do. We talk to you later. Goodbye. Okay, <laughs> I gotta say
2: it's an honor to be able to pitch for Balky and Doctor Evil. I never thought I'd be able to get them
0: in the same room.
1: Yeah. I like that Well, hey, you know those those foreign directors they they they're the visionaries. Um, so listen, this is a project that I feel like is is just in our wheelhouse as the reboot crew. It is not very laden with plot and source material but it does need a straight-up hard reboot. Well, maybe not a hard reboot, but it needs a reboot because they tried to continue the series, and it did not work. Let me just start by asking, who has seen Independence Day resurgence? Oh, so I'm the only one who hasn't. So let me say right off the bat... I have not seen that movie, so let's see how this goes. I may or may not uh, suggest plot points that already came up in the sequel that turned out to be a huge, huge bomb. Um all right, guys, as we always do, let's start an Independence Day movie. What is an audience looking for? I think you kind of nailed it already. like
2: usually our problem is trying to conform to so much lore. And I think the appeal of Independence Day is that there's like no lore. You show up, aliens come. They even are in the first movie, they're just like, why do you want to kill us? Like, cause. And you're like, okay. Like, there's no motivation. It's just the pinnacle. If you look up Summer Blockbuster in a dictionary, it's Independence Day, it's special effects. It's two very charismatic uh, lead actors. Uh, Plus, you know, you have Bill Pullman, you have great supporting characters that are really funny. Um, But ultimately, it's just like you enjoy the hell out of it and then it's over and you go back to your life and, and that's the end of it. So it's just like the expectations, I think, are just like, just make it fun and not dumb in the wrong way.
1: That's very good, very well stated. Ed, what can you add to that? What do people want out of an Independence Day movie? I literally can't add anything. uh They might
3: also want to see Randy Quaid at some point. I don't know what people want. You know, at this uh, no
2: point. one wants to see Randy <laughs> Quaid anymore. Dude,
3: Hard to reboot, just, dude. I'm just saying, Randy Quaid needs to be rebooted about as much as this movie does. <laughs> <laughs> so, so all, I, I think. I think you guys have just put a really fine point on it, and I think we should get to how we're going to deconstruct this because, honestly, aliens come down, menace us. We win because we're smarter and better, and we're American. That's what most people want out of the Independence Day movie. If we stray too far from that, we're messing up.
0: Ron, put a cap on it. What do you think? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious they want Will Smith.
1: You are not wrong. You're not friend. wrong at all. You're not, You're not, not wrong, wrong at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I think of Independence been, Day,
1: yeah, that's that may I think have, have been of. where Resurgence really went wrong. Here's the thing, and
2: I'll I'll avoid the Wikipedia summary of Resurgence, but the the thing that's so obnoxious about Resurgence is that the core ideas of it are not terrible. In fact, if there was no sequel and you asked me to pitch something, I'd probably at least dance around what they did. It's done so poorly and with just zero energy. Like it's, mm. it's, it's boring. They somehow made it boring and you're right. Killing off Will Smith off screen. Cause he just probably read the script. It hurts it, like, it hurts. It. There, I can't think of a franchise Honestly I can't where it's just like You have a beloved character And you really want to see their son take over Like that <laughs> never works
3: That's really true They really try to get that over and it's Indiana worth, like, Jones, a time
2: Die ever. Hard They all try to it. It's like I don't care I feel like Will Ferrell in The Office I'm like I don't care about your kid It could be the star of a movie called I Don't Care Like I just want to see Will <laughs> Smith
0: See, you don't want to see Steve Rogers, Jr.? I, I don't want to see Steve Rogers, Jr. <laughs> <laughs> That's no,
1: uh, yeah. an excellent point. And so, so, yeah, let's get into it. I, you know, for those in the audience who might not know anything about the greatest summer blockbuster ever made or its abortive sequel, let's just do it real quick. Independence Day was a 1996 summer blockbuster starring Will Smith and improbably Jeff Goldblum as a mismatched action hero duo with an amazing supporting turn by Bill Pullman as the gruff president of the United States and an even more surprising supporting turn from Randy Quaid as an alien abduction victim turned savior of the human race when he calls on his shell-shocked Vietnam pilot skills to take down the mothership. Um, This was a movie that really combined 1950s invasion movie sensibilities with some really of the 90s conspiracy theories talking about things like Area 51 and alien abductions. It was just the perfect sort of frothy snack before all those things took on a weird life of their own in the age of the internet. And honestly, it stood the test of time for a long time as just one of those perfect sort of Hollywood, it all comes together things, wasn't based on anything, didn't try to do anything that was out of its lane, was just exactly what it was trying to be in the best way possible. And then in 2016, exactly 20 years later, they made a movie set 20 years later. And again, I haven't seen it, but from what I understand, they had been salvaging wrecked alien technology for the past 20 years to come up with some crazy sci-fi defense plan for Earth, and then the rest of the aliens from the original movie show up, and it's just a big ol' fight. Billy, or anybody else, can you add to that summary in a meaningful way? Not really. Okay.
0: That's pretty much it. You get it right.
1: So here we are. Uh, We've got one and a half movies to build on. And it sounds like Roland Emmerich doesn't really care if Independence Day resurgence is even in continuity, although we might piss off Dean Devlin. Um, First thing, guys, what is Independence Day about, if anything? And I think there might be some interesting answers. Go Ed. Go Uh, one thing in the other movie
3: that was kind of interesting and kind of insulting on some level was Africa. I'm going to give them for the benefit of the doubt was so big that went, and frankly, so uh when you guys are in trouble, we don't really care about you. That alien, there were still pockets of guerrilla warfare with groundbound aliens that were like, you know, their ship is messed up. They're running through the jungle basically or running through the, the glen. And there are, you know, African insurgent soldiers shooting at them and they're having a war, a guerrilla war that lasted like 10, 12, I think, years after the events of Independence Day 1. Meanwhile, in the rest of the world, they got literally uh, ship-to-shore spaceships. They got they got buses going to Mars for you to go shopping and jazz. Everything else is really great because they adapted the technology, but uh, Africa's in a guerrilla war. That's all I had to say about that. I think we should avoid any type of stuff like that, not just with Africa, with our world. If they get
2: here, we're, we've lost. I don't want to see ground warfare with these freaking things i would say like if you're if you're gonna ask what is Independence day about it's uh when people band together they can take on anything as long as america is the one that got them together and is in charge that is literally yeah. what, what the first independents say. They're like, everyone's just like, oh, we're getting murked. And then you're, you get some, you know, like French guy on a thing. He's like, the Americans figured it out. Oh, everyone listened to America. It's It's hilarious. When you're a kid, you don't care about the, you know, global politics and all that stuff. But as an adult, you're like, I don't even think they take our call, man they probably figured that America was the one that brought them here in the first place. <laughs>
1: I'm, You know, I'm going to say, I, I read an article recently that was talking about the mission impossible franchise. And it was talking about how, what, what the mission impossible franchise really is at its core is a celebration of work. It's a celebration of the working class because the way you win in mission impossible is by, shutting up and doing your job and doing your job as well as possible. And when things go really bad, you don't complain. You just do your job more. And I kind of feel like that's what at least the original Independence Day that I'm familiar with was, too. It was it was in a weird way, competence porn. You know, you had... The president of the United States, who was you know, sort of a thinly veiled Clinton metaphor, he was embroiled in some nebulous scandal. People thought he was weak and ineffectual. He himself was sort of a roguishly good looking man. And at the end of the day, he just got on being awesome, even when all the forces around him were conspiring against him. And then obviously the same is true for Jeff Goldblum, who's the the smartest guy in every room he's in and Will Smith, who's like the coolest and most headstrong guy in every room he's in, and even down to like Dr. Oaken in Area 51, played by Brent Spiner. It's just, everybody just does their job, and the heroes of the movie are the people who do their job well without complaining. Will Smith dragging the alien through the desert, notwithstanding. It's just, to me, I think that's an essential part of this, and if you lose that sort of very working class, average man point of view, you've lost some of the secret sauce. But I,
2: I guess on the other hand, it's like, this is potentially an opportunity to take something that is incredibly shallow and add some depth to it. On the other hand, it's like, do you, do you rock the boat? You know, I I guess that's kind of like where if we have to pick one of those two lanes, do you Westworld it and you take something that was kind of silly and shallow and actually make something like a real statement out of it? Or do you acknowledge that this is blockbuster filmmaking at its best? So how do we get how do you go bigger than Independence Day? You know,
0: well, here's a question. Can we do both?
2: I mean, I I truly don't think so. I honestly don't think so. In a
0: theme. Well, okay, for instance, my, my biggest problem, and it's a problem I have with every single time, and we talked about this in one of our Patreon episodes, I don't like when aliens show up for no other reason, but they want to kill you or they want to steal the planet. It doesn't even make sense for them to steal the planet right now. What are they going to steal it for, A 100 years? I mean, so like right now, I think it would be something we could give a reason that the aliens are showing up and make it a little bit better. I have an idea for that, but we're not getting to that point. I think that Independence Day is about, like, if you were on the surface, Independence, Independence Day is about cool lines, great moments, uh, rousing speech, and then some cool fights. And that's basically it. But I, I think it could be more. I think you could do more with it. I think you could give some reason to it. So, you know. I think if anyone can do it, you three and I are the people who can do it.
1: Well, Ron, we might as well jump right into your story suggestion, but I think before we do that, let's let me ask a question just about format. We're doing this for Hulu. Hulu will do everything from feature films to miniseries to ongoing series. And do we have a strong feeling about how we want to tackle this? Maybe that's something that comes out of the discussion about the story, but up front, Let me just say, I think it's more in the spirit of Independence Day, big stars, big action, to at least keep this to, like, a limited series, like a six-part series, eight-part series, not think that we're going to milk this for, like, you know, four or five seasons. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. So, Ron, hit us
0: with it. Where do you want to start? Well, I mean, the idea I have is, what if the aliens are actually coming here because they, I don't know, they have some kind of algorithm that has told them that we're going to leave the planet and take their planet and take other planets because of the way we've been acting for our entire history. And so they come here to basically put a preemptive stop to us going and taking their stuff.
2: Hmm. Now, wait a minute. Is this Is this like assuming that Independence Day – the the movie still like is this in canon or is this like a
0: hard reset hard reset
1: well there's an interesting way to do that in canon the the only thing i guess that i I, that gives me pause is like originally those aliens were said to be like locusts and so the idea was that they didn't really have a home planet they just existed on these huge civilization ships but it could be that the world actually is gearing up like starship trooper style to go and essentially to go essentially on a revenge mission. And so they prevenge us. So that's kind of where resurgence
2: kind of ends. It's like, let's take the fight to them. My thought was, and I wonder if maybe this could possibly be reading between those two, those two lanes, but it's just like, I almost want to comment on the fact that it's just like, we were, we were ready to fight, but what happened the next day? Cause you know, we all went back to like, okay, July 5th, July 6th. Like I'm pointing my nukes, I'm taking them out of the sky and I'm pointing them back at you again. But what if another alien race comes and we just were ready and we take them out and it turns out that they came to us for help because they the, were the aliens boys. from the first movie are like galaxy bullies and it's more just like, God, we like, you know, we just were so trigger happy to to shoot anything in our skies that we just totally, you know, gave ourselves like the reputation that the space bullies
0: have, you know? Okay. So in that we're doing, we're not doing a, we're doing a re-sequel.
2: So right. That would that would kind of like Terminator Dark Fate it, where it's just like, resurgence ever happened and you know what i would do i would do it like a year later and just go captain marvel and like get will smith and jeff goldblum back and just de-age him just make it look like it was the next year and they did the movie was crap but he looked pretty good in gemini man Mm. i
1: buy it i mean de-aging you you absolutely can do that i just wonder damn could i mean if we're doing like an eight-part series do you just de-age him through the whole thing
2: well, look, we're we're under the Disney umbrella and Disney is the one that seems to hold the patent on this thing since it's in every freaking Marvel movie since Ant-Man uh, and a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. So it's just like, oh, maybe they get a homie discount and they'll let us, uh, you know, if we buy in bulk, they'll lower the cost.
1: It's interesting. I mean, the, the one thing I like about that is sort of the introduction of a wider galactic community. Like... In a world where you're asking the audience to buy into the idea that there is a species that has essentially world ships that go from planet to planet consuming all the resources, there have got to be other civilizations out there. Like, it's not just us and them and that's it. I, I like that idea of, build, of world building a little bit based on the original conceit. But I don't know. Ed, Ron, what are you guys thinking? I I, personally,
3: I think uh, a some sort of flashpoint incident of maybe the bad aliens chasing some good aliens to our planet. And then we shoot everybody type of thing like Billy was talking about, just spitballing here. Something like it's like an inciting and inciting new alien event that that the world can see or whatever. And I'm just going to pitch something stupid so I don't pitch it later. Uh, Will Smith's the president, dude. And and Jeff Goldblum's oh, his buddy. Dude. And we're just we're just going to get stupid. You know, I'm I'm sorry, dude. Just get nuts. If this world has progressed the way it is, a dude with his military service, he'd be Chuck Yeager times 15
2: times Reagan times Will Smith. That's so what this terrible. character would be. You know what? You do it like five years later instead of one year later, so that yep. it's like the election cycle, and then you have some built-in drama with Bill Pullman because it's like, dude, that's your my buddy, and he ran against me. I helped you. Like you were up there, but you didn't do shit down here. Like <laughs> I was the one that did all the fighting on the ground. But doesn't doesn't Bill Pullman kill himself too, or is that he just, just Randy
3: had... Randy Quaid? That's Randy, just Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. Randy okay. Quaid. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, but
0: yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I apologize.
3: But uh, but yeah. So I, yeah, I remember. Okay, I, like I like that. I actually
0: like that because I think then you have the inciting incident. Now here's a question: Does one of the aliens survive, and then sort of communicate with us that their you know their planet is in trouble and they need help from America?
3: Well, not only America. I'm sorry, but the dude, world. At this point, the American. Joke. No, no, no. The American president has
1: to save the world,
3: <laughs> and it's Will Smith. <laughs> Get out of here, dude. Get out of here. That's amazing.
1: Uh, I'm all in on Will Smith as the president, and I don't. I don't know if it's the aliens asking him to help them, or I don't know if it's you know, like Ed said, sort of a flashpoint incident with new aliens. Maybe it's like. Well, that's the thing. That's, that's where the drama comes from because Will Smith
2: is going to be, he's, he's going to want to like, the minute he sees an alien ship, doesn't matter what it is. He's going to want to shoot it out of the sky because he's been there. He knows what it is. So it's like Will Smith's being the one that's like, he's the one that has the character arc of like, not every alien is, is a bad alien, which is kind of dumb, but also, well, I, I think it's. I think. It,
3: I think if we give him uh, the one thing, just as a tweak, I, I think we give him a little, a little Picard, right? It's Picard versus the Borg, and also though, so he's, he's traumatized a little bit. He hates himself, but at the same time, him and Jeff Goldblum as a team, you know, advising each other, or whatever. I think getting a hold of the fact that there's two like Jeff Gold, like a, all that's good for scenes like Jeff Goldblum and Homeboy in the president's ready room seeing this incident happen somehow or on a space uh, uh, on a space station seeing this happen somehow or something I don't know just put Well, here. there's your to, friction. Jeff. There's
2: your friction between the two of them because Jeff Goldblum's mm-hmm. like I don't think that's the same guys. Like we yeah. should think but about his, this. shit like, different. You were yeah, there well, with me. We're taking them all out. Like it kind of writes
1: itself in, in their conflict. You know. I like that a lot. I definitely like that. So let's talk, I'm going to take this in a little bit of a left turn, but let's talk a little bit about set pieces. You know, this is Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich, as we speak, is shooting a movie about the moon colliding with Earth. Um, That original Independence Day was straight up built on the back of the image of those giant flying saucers hovering over major landmarks and then blowing up entire cities. We are not going to make this movie with Roland Emmerich if we don't deliver that level of set piece. So what is just the kind of crazy visuals? You know, is it earth? Oh man. (laughs) My mind immediately goes to, somebody has essentially like turned the Indian ocean into a giant engine and earth now has a rocket engine attached to it. Like something crazy like that. Right. Like, I don't know if it's that.
2: Well, one thing that maybe we can take from resurgence and, or at least retool is we did get a lot of their tech and maybe we can kind of upgrade our society based on it. If, If I'm to take one aspect of that movie I think that was one that I was like, okay, uh, that one tracks. So maybe it okay. is
0: like, go ahead. And I have another weird question. Maybe this is out of left field, but uh, do we go to another planet or should it be about saving our planet? But now it's about saving some other person's planet. Well, group of people's planet.
2: I, I think you, I think you, are too going complicated? to, no, I think going to other planets is totally on the table.
0: Because I that's where you get her... your big set pieces. You get a whole new planet to do your set pieces. The, yeah, the same that, ships, you get the same yeah. scary situations, but now it's a little more prepared, but not as you know. There's still going to be some destruction, but then there's going to be some fighting back, and it's teaming up with these new aliens and um and and the ingenuity of humans, uh, and really talks about that still has the same theme of the first Independence Day. Which is, like you said, coming together is what helps people succeed. I mean, you know, that's how you get victory. So, I I don't know. Can we, um,
1: just in the spirit of the first Independence Day, can we sort of frame it as we're going to the planet that all of the abducted humans who have been disappeared have been taken to? It's almost like mixing up Independence Mm. Day with Stargate a little bit. You know, it's like... The first movie did such not even interesting, but just such fun things with the tropes of aliens from like, oh, yeah, we've got the captured spaceship in Area 51 and Den, or Randy Quaid is an alien abduction survivor. And his whole thing is he wants to get revenge on them for abducting him. Like, what else can we do with some of those just classic extraterrestrial tropes? OK, 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 OK. You know what you do? It's a uh, do we get the win
3: this time? It's first blood part two. We have to take it to the aliens because people who have been abducted over years have been languishing in an alien prison. And maybe we get the intel from the good aliens because some of their homies, right, got abducted ah. as well and are being held in the same sort of facility and stuff. So it's like it isn't just I'm going to take the fight to them. That's what, what that, that's what we start out wanting to do is just go to that place and nuke it. And then we find out through trusting and understanding these aliens and through an international coalition to get together the resources to go to that planet. Because we have to all get together to, to
2: pool our resources, to get the technology to go to their planet. That's a big-ass deal. I think Bill Pullman was taken not long after Independence oh, Day, dude. and that's where he's been for oh, most yes. of it. Yes, yeah. like, here, yes. That's
1: why Will Smith was able to come in and get elected. It was like, oh, dude. And, and... I'm trying to think who was left that would have been like the de facto vice president. Cause like everybody it died. was,
2: it was that general uh, and he's such a prolific actor. Why am I blanking on Uh, Robert Loja?
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. But he also, I think has passed away now. So maybe in, the, in our continuity, he died. I'm just, here's what I, here's what I'm trying to get to, right? Mm-hmm. Bill Pullman gets, disappears and whoever takes, takes over for him is our villain. And then that guy is defeated by Will Smith in the next election, but now he's manipulating things from the shadows because all he cares about is getting back into power.
2: Oh, is that guy still? Uh, he might have just died because there was like an antagonist in Independence Day, uh, mm-hmm. but I can't remember his name either. Uh, that, guy, that guy, that guy,
1: George H. W. Bush analog, right. was, like the former head of the CIA. Yes, yeah. I, yes, and that actor is unfortunately passed away.
3: I forgot what his wow. name is, but he he's done a seminal performances in in the game, in this movie, and a lot of stuff. I remember from
2: Meet him. the Parents. <laughs> what <With> the fuck? <vibe.
3: laughs> that guy was yes. unbelievable. Hold on. Yeah, he great. He he's He's in
2: so many movies. He's in so many movies. Uh, he's that. definitely, he's
3: definitely the king of the that guy actors. Like right.
2: <laughs> But I think, yeah, if Bill Pullman has been taken right after, and then at episode five or whatever, Vivica A. Fox gets taken, and
1: Will Smith's like, all right, now we have to go. <laughs> 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 oh my God. I well, listen, I think. I think that the the, the thing that the villain angle does is it gives us the opportunity to cast somebody that has nothing to do with the original movie who could just be a nice piece of more modern day casting, right? Like who would you, who would you just love to see as the super hateable villain in a movie? I got it. I I got it. Uh,
3: Warmonger woman, warmonger woman to me is dope because it's about security and, and prudence and being like, you guys want to go blast off and have a ball, but I'm not letting wolves at my door. And maybe her being a hawk and Will Smith's ear in the beginning is is a little bit, you know, that sort of martial stuff. But I think I think Will Smith as a president is smart enough to understand that, along with the council of all his people, that this is a more complicated situation. But it is. Do do we just kill everybody and sort it out? And I think that question up top when we can't trust any of these people, is I don't know, man. And all the red herrings we could put in there as to which aliens are actually manipulating this situation. Are these new people, the real bosses? One of the cool things in Star Trek is they have this thing of the Orion women. Their women are slaves and given to people. And then they get on your ship and take it over. And the dudes are just toadies. I'm just saying it's all these interesting alien dynamics that could be and all those theories rolling through everybody's head, we could milk a lot of intrigue about who to trust, is what I'm saying.
1: Okay. Well, listen, let's hang on to these thoughts, because as we do now on Reboot It!, we're going to cut to a commercial. So you guys stick around. We will be right back. You could probably even skip through this if you want to. Hang tight real quick. So, Ed, you were saying about, like, the, the shifting alliances and not knowing who to trust and maybe, like, using women to do that in a weird way. The the thing that came to my head is, all right, so Will Smith has like a young or a young-ish female vice president, but she is that hawk that you were talking about. She's in his ear, like trying to goad him into war. And then we have another guy who's like the deposed president that originally took over for Bill Pullman, but then got defeated by Will Smith. And you would think that they wouldn't be working together, but twist, they are. And the whole idea is Will Smith goes off to nuke this other planet, right? But then maybe Goldblum is the one who is able to find out that the vice president and the ex-president are working together together to encourage him to do that because they know there are abducted Americans there and they're going to use that against him to drive him out of office when he gets back, if he gets back. So then Goldblum has to jump on some sort of secondary starship transport, catch up to Will Smith. And by the the time you get to the third act, you've got your classic Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum match back together, just in time for the climax. I don't know if that's too complicated, but that kind of all. It actually tracks. It feels, you know, it feels like
2: 90s action movie complicated where it is, but it makes sense for the movie. Um, I tracked it. I guess in that scenario, I guess it would make more sense if Jeff Goldblum is maybe like in the cabinet, but not necessarily the vice president.
0: I mean, he could be in charge of literally Internet security, which is for sure going to be a thing.
1: I was going to suggest that it might it might play into sort of the hawk and dove divide between him and Will Smith if he is more of an activist like Jeff Goldblum maybe is so punk rock, you know, in this world, he never would join the administration but maybe mm. Will Smith asked him to, but he turned him down, right? Will Smith has to come. Yes, yes. that sounds right. On
3: and, yeah. and we have the whole angle. You talk about 90s stuff. You talk about 90s action. You go to a cabin in the woods and you knock three times in a specific way and it opens and it's a grizzled, freaking Jeff Goldblum. And he's like, what do you want? And he's, I you know love
1: I mean?
2: grizzled, <laughs> de <de-aged> Jeff Goldblum. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, I was thinking, okay, yes to that. I was thinking, though, that he would be more of like, he's actually very active in Washington, but he's essentially like protesting stuff that Will Smith does. So then you could get the scene where like in the back room of a fancy DC bar, they have a surreptitious meeting where Jeff Goldblum is invited and nobody's there. And he thought he's going to be there for a date, but then the secret service file in and it's Will Smith and they have a sit down, just the two of them because publicly like they're adversarial, but obviously we know they're the, these old friends. Oh, I would I, think, I would think not like Personally, I love that
2: whole sequence. I can see it in my head. I think they really are adversarial until they team up. Like, I don't yes. even think it's like behind closed doors. They're cool, and it, you and know? it makes
0: the uh, the the banter that will for sure be written between the two. Uh, the and I'm sure it will be very smartassery. Uh, yeah, Renart is going to be yeah.
2: flying, but I do. Th- yeah. I think that's also very interesting too to come out of like you both went through this like really harrowing experience. And you guys experienced it very differently. That's you know that's like just a pinch of depth. That's about as much as Independence Take can handle. Well, I, but
3: listen, I, go ahead, go ahead, Ed. Oh no, I was I was just gonna say. Uh, and also, what that does is it puts us in this situation where Will Smith gets more heroic over the course of the movie. As he yes. gets more broad-minded and more, or and more listening to everybody, blah blah. But at the same time, we hit and we also give him a great, uh, a great choice and a great time to be heroic later when he chooses to, the the non nuke option of his own volition. He must choose to a. We're not going to nuke this. B. We're going to take on a much more complicated mission of getting a bunch of. Uh, and the thing is, what if it isn't getting our boys out? What if in the end? I don't know. I don't don't want to throw that out of the window. But the bottom line is us being uh, for once, not just about ourselves, we are rescuing this kind of other class of alien. We're doing a good deed in space. You understand what I'm saying? It goes from blow everybody up to do good deeds with our power.
1: Can we do both though? I mean, like the spirit of Independence Day is like, let's get our boys out. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, we'll yeah, also yeah. help the other people that are in yeah, the yeah, prison. Yeah.
3: In that's what I right. said. I didn't want to throw out our boys being there, guys, can I, I just it. came
2: to me. Can I pitch a very post credits if you didn't click out of Hulu yet at the last episode? Please. Uh, the our bully aliens. We we cut to a mothership of our the aliens from the first movie. They're all dead. Xenomorphs. Cut to black. Oh, oh. <laughs> We're We Fox. Are, we, Fox. we got it. Yep. We're Fox.
1: <laughs> Do what we want. Wow. And then so oh, then man. is that is uh guy Pierce as his actual age, a character in I oh, think at
2: did. this point you could throw a xenomorph into anything and just create your own continuity, whatever pick you know, a la carte
1: continuity. That's true. No, that's oh, oh hold
0: on. Sorry. I have a sec- oh, Hold on, we're,
1: get, we're getting a call. We're getting a call. Oh. 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 Great. All right. Uh, hopefully uh, it's Emmerich. Hello, gentlemen. This is Dean Devlin. Uh, so nice to see you all again. What's up, Dean? Hey, hey. Um, hey. Is, is Roland going to call in? Why the hell would you ask me that? You don't need Roland. I'm the brains behind the operation. That's what I'm here for, is to come up with all the brilliant ideas that that asshole takes credit for. Okay. All right. Fair enough. uh, uh, Like, yeah,
3: like uh, Godzilla laying eggs or who came up with that one?
1: Uh, Yes, that was me. That was a commentary on motherhood and the trials and tribulations of raising children. And this is what I hope you guys understand I don't make dumb action movies. You see, what Roland doesn't understand, and what I hope you will understand, is that Independence Day was always meant to be a commentary about the dangers of global warming. And that is what this movie has to be. You have to scare people with the reality of climate change. Aliens are just a big metaphor for how our world is gonna no longer be livable if we don't do something about it. And you know what? It's an emotional topic for me. I put a lot of my heart and soul into this. So please take it seriously and don't let Roland talk you out of it. Ah, I'm sorry. Goodbye, goodbye.
3: Okay, I think I got something for this. Um, It it just came to me. So. We're talking about global warming. The big issue about global warming is it's going to make this planet uninhabitable and all that jazz. And we need to actually get our stuff together and go to other places, at least to spread our seed across the galaxy. I think this is the event that makes that happen. This is the event that causes the Federation of Planets. And I know I'm a Star Trek head, but hear me out. We must gather up all of our resources as a planet in a united effort. Not just led by America, it has to be all of us to get our stuff together to get hyperspeed stuff. And the reason why we can do that is these other aliens, this bunch of bums in outer space flying a space D that sucks getting chased by the good, the, by the crazy technology powerful aliens, they are the ones that have a key. They've always had the key to some sort of hyperspace stuff, but they never had the resources to do it. And we, their knowledge our good old American know-how and resources and our world's resources combine to give us the technology to take our ass to somebody else's planet and another solar system in this movie mm-hmm. to do all this bombing
2: and rescuing our boys and all this type of jazz. And it's all while, one thing. What if I, what You're if I, the... if I yes, and you, sorry, Ron, let me, let me get this Let's out. out. Yeah. What if, what if, that's kind of a, what if we kind of turn that on its head? This might be too deep for independence day, but what if it's like, because of that uh, captain or president Hiller now, he's like, look, our planet is in bad shape, but because of all this, we now have the technology to get out of here and go somewhere else. And what if these aliens, the good aliens are like, well, if you guys keep going to other planets and trashing them, you are no better than the aliens that came and trashed your planet. Like you just become the new space bullies, essentially like get your together because all you, you guys are doing the exact same thing. You're just going world to world and trashing it.
0: And then Mm -hmm. uh, I I have an idea for uh, a a part, because this actually goes exactly with my thought is uh, during that whole uh, attempt to get the technology together and resources together, somewhere at some point gold bloom or anybody we want in the, in the series uh, notices something in the technology that could actually help us stay on earth uh, that would help reverse the idea of, of global warming. Well, let I mean, me let,
1: here something let along those add, lines. Yeah. Let me add something to that. Um, what if, using the aliens as a metaphor as Devlin was talking about, like what if when those ships crashed in the original movie they set off a contingency that created a runaway greenhouse effect right, so like we've got these city-sized spaceships crashing all over the world and because the aliens are dicks they're essentially their, you know, last resort is that the bomb on the board is some sort of climate change device, some sort of atmosphere, whatever. And so President Hiller has sort of been presiding over, you know, the decline of the planet after whatever sort of atmosphere ionizer was released when these things were destroyed. And that actually tracks with Goldblum being part of some non-governmental organization that's doing research into how to change things. And because Goldblum in the original movie, if you remember was actually super anti-global warming, you know, rode his bike, didn't want people drinking out of plastic bottles, blah, blah, blah. So like that could be the friction to start is sort of like Goldblum's company, nonprofit, whatever he's working for is trying to solve this problem while Hiller is all in on like space arcs, leave the planet, right? So you, you have, from the beginning, it's like, should we go leave and be a starfaring civilization or should we clean up this? Is it even possible to clean up this mess and protect the earth? And then that simmering conflict is exploded when the aliens land and they're like, I don't know if they say we can fix this for you or if they just ask for help and so then it becomes like, do we use President Hiller's, you know, Earth evacuation technology to go help this other planet? Um, I'm just trying to I, like, especially if this is so, going to be six or eight episodes, I just want to give some complication to it.
0: So, so with Ed's idea earlier about um, us wanting to actually help people out just to help people out. Well, in this situation, what if, by helping other people out, we take the other idea I had, and we also help ourselves in the end. Because then the while working on the technology, p- putting together the resources needed to get where we want to go to help these people out, we also discover that technology later on during the adventure.
1: I think I'm tracking that. I mean, yeah. I, I think there's something to that, Ron. Like, there, there's definitely something to, like... Not even by accident, but like over the course of doing what we need to do to deal with the aliens, we are able to obtain the knowledge, the technology, whatever, to make Earth better. And so that ends up, that's great too, because that solves the conflict between Hiller and um, David, I forget his last name, but Goldblum and, and Will Smith, because essentially their conflict is over how do we deal with this crisis and they have two diametrically opposed um, solutions. And so, if we can come up with an actual solution, then they can reconcile in a real way. Oh, but um, like, I, I think to yes,
3: and that both of them get resolved because we get some te- through this adventure, we get some technology to heal our world, but we also get the exploring bug and we have a little guide with us, and we're going to go be nice. We could be the exact reverse of the aliens from independence day. You know what I'm saying? Like in, in the end, it's like everybody gets their way because oh, dude, compromise is the best.
1: I got it. So the, whatever the, the, the bent, the beneficent alien that comes to earth that, you know, uh, first we want to kill him, but it turns out they're asking for our help. He, he makes a deal with president Hiller and he's president Hiller essentially has everything for, you know, a wor- to build a wormhole, which is also our great Roland Emmerich. Like there is a space station, the size of the moon. That's a giant Taurus out orbiting earth. And you turn that thing on and it creates a wormhole, but we don't have the power source necessary to turn it on. We've never been able to reverse engineer the aliens power source. And so the good alien shows up and he's like, I can give you the means to turn that thing on. But if I do, you have to use it to help my people. And Will Smith, being Will Smith, is going to be like, Yes, I agree to that. But his evil vice president and her friend, the ex president, are like, Hell no, we're not going to do that. We're going to sabotage that mission and then use that technology for ourselves. And so maybe Goldblum ends up having to go save Will Smith from being stranded, but also is taking with him the knowledge that there's there's americans out there that have that have, that were also kidnapped or whatever by the evil alien race is that all track i don't know i i'm excited about it but it's it's a lot
2: i i the only part that i'm still confused about is reconciling the like wait the how did the the kidnapped people fit in again
1: yeah i that's what we're sort of losing the thread of as we're talking about the global warming which plot. i really
2: liked because you know you talked about tropes that you know we can exploit i i really like the idea of like it's kind of like a prison it feels very x filesy which is kind of fun you know yeah
0: you could i mean the alien could be having that as their their sort of uh bonus in the back pocket can you please help us we'll help you with this technology but also many of our people have been taken it's possible that some of your people have been taken too i mean you know if I we wonder don't if
1: there's know, then- Yes, yes to that. That just makes me think, though. I wonder if there's like a rationale behind the abductions. Um, Like, how does if it's Jeff Goldblum who does it? How does Jeff Goldblum connect this alien's plight with the phenomenon of humans being abducted? What if the
2: people being abducted are the one? I mean, again, this is a this is a resurgence. Something that happened in that movie, but maybe we can find a twist on it. In Resurgence, Bill Pullman's character, because of their interaction in the first movie, has this like link with the aliens. It's kind of like a, a telepathy kind of thing. So it's like, what if like the aliens are just trying to scoop up anyone that could potentially, you know, you you do a winter soldier? Anyone that could potentially be a threat to them. This was the president that like thwarted them he was in he spoke telepathically to this other alien therefore we need to take him out of circulation so the people who've been kidnapped are only people who have experienced it's a little men in black almost where it's just like anyone that's that knows the truth is taken I wonder if
1: it's almost like um, (sighs) this is too complicated but my mind goes like You know, now that their species was, you know, brought to the verge of extinction on earth, is it, are they somehow using people who have a telepathic connection to like repopulate? Is there something about like, if you have a telepathic connection with them that factors into like, are they cloning themselves and like your mind could be used? That could be a
2: really cool reveal for Bill Pullman is if he's like, they go to rescue him in this alien prison. And it turns out that he is like just a Bill Pullman puppet at this point. He is a mm. conduit for, because remember the the really cool part of independence day that was really like, wow, that's awesome. They looked like scary mother, f- but then you cut them open and it's just a suit. And they're like, little Yodas. They're like three feet tall tops. So it's just like, I love the idea that whatever this little bully species are is that they will quite literally use you like a parasite. So it's like, what if Bill Pullman ends up being Kind of like they did on Lost, where where Locke ended up being possessed by something and Locke became the villain of the whole show. It's like what if Bill Pullman is kind of like our alien villain? He was our rousing hero in the first one, and now he's our big bad. You know,
0: I mean, hell, they I, let us—they like let us bring him back. Well, he I, oh, that it. could be interesting. Well, I mean
1: that—that's—that's that's also like your post-credits tease right oh yeah if they save him although there's something kind of awesome though like if if they're able to rouse him from whatever fog he's in and then he sacrifices himself kills himself so that he could get them back home or you know it's very very 90s you know i love that that's actually a great
0: idea because it's a good turn and then we don't have bill pullman being a bad guy come on get it together guys
2: no, no, he's a bad guy the whole time until the end. He has to be... I think that's the fun part of it is, like, let's just do that. You know, like, every other character gets to be very different from what they were in the first one. Like, let's... If we're going to have Bill Pullman, because you kind of have to have that trio, it's like, yeah, yeah he, he, ha- he heard the alien voice in his head in the first one, which not everyone did. So... I, again, I, I fully realize that I'm taking that part from Independence Day Resurgence, but a broken clock can still be right twice a day, so
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I think. I'm cool we, with it. Yeah, I think we, we use it differently, right? It's essentially, you know, this alien race is trying to scale up. They're, they've got a breeding program in place so that they can repopulate their species and then go and start taking over worlds with vengeance, right? especially Earth, because the Earth was where a bunch of them died. So maybe our good alien species that we're introducing is a species with like low level telepathy and so that they become very useful in just being whatever sort of conduit. You know they need for their cloning programs to connect to the hive mind I, we could hand wave that science or if there's look yeah. it's 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 pretty Star Trek, but it's like have one good
2: guy alien that got out of there, you know, and he's mm. still connected kind of like Picard is still somewhat connected to the Borg i mean i
3: uh, to, okay i can i can I can definitely yes and that dude uh so like yeah our contact with this new alien could be just like one guy that escaped and yeah, he's going to lead, he's going to lead us back to the adventure in space. I don't want to overtalk it. That's fine. That's fine.
1: And the reason he comes to earth is because he had a mind meld with Bill Pullman on the other planet. And so he, oh. gets, yeah, like, he was the one the,
3: that got out and he has the Easter egg of Bill yes. Pullman inside of him to give yes. to the people of earth. Yeah. Okay. Now, yes, yes, yes. That's good.
1: Dude, there's yeah. enough story here for like a good six, eight episodes, especially like you started off, you got to establish the acrimony between uh, Hiller and David. You know, you, you get the status quo on earth. You get some great big grand visuals of like, oh, they're building a Stargate, but it doesn't work. You know, and then it's like almost the end of episode one. There's like the sense of dread hanging over everything. Like the earth is dying at any moment. These aliens might come back. You you We check in and find out where everybody is. We get the story that like President Whitmore has been abducted five years ago or whatever it was. And oh, then, also, can I, can I guess I had this part, though? I don't yeah. care if they're old
3: because you can have more than enough story of us showing what happened right afterwards. You know what miniseries series do? They go back and forth. They do stuff. We don't have to get nuts with it. But I'm just saying part of the story is how did these two people who were best buddies, they just save the world? And at the and at the beginning of ours, they're old dudes and they hate each other and they're diametrically opposed. And there's a giant moon-sized thing in the sky and all that kind of stuff. We can flash back to what broke them up after the event. The fall there's that's there's dramatic
1: potential there. We can do both. We could almost do that, like the like the miniseries Chernobyl, because the discovery that like the crashed ships are changing our atmosphere is a gradual thing, right? And it's almost like once they discover. Oh my God. Like the CO2 levels are rising dramatically. Like the air is mutating great Roland Emmerich type line. (laughs) Then the blame starts and then it becomes like, like president Hiller or at that time, you know, still captain Hiller is blaming David. Like, how did you not see this? Like you analyzed all that code. You were in their system. You didn't know they had this fail safe. And then he sort of blames himself. And that's why he gets involved in the whole effort to like fix it. And meanwhile, like that is just the start of them splitting apart, which I mean, is flashbacks
2: just- flashbacks are cheaper just from a producing standpoint. So uh, exactly,
3: Mundo. And it, it gets to that point where it's like he is. I love what you said about him, like blaming somebody. And or, or and the fact is, this is how we smarten it up. Just like what you guys were saying earlier, blowing it up. Good didn't solve the problem. It actually unleashed a bunch of crap all over us. You know what I mean? That's that's a real good subversion of of this whole thing.
1: And I right. also think that I also think that like it's I don't know, it, it's the sort of thing that um I could see Will Smith's character from the first one getting that chip on his shoulder like how did you not see this and then not being able to let it go, right? And then Jeff Goldblum's character like taking umbrage with that, and then sort of getting even more like insular about like I gotta fix it, I gotta fix it, I gotta fix it, and like that's where that's where the space grows. Uh, it
2: actually tracks really well because David is the only one that sees the countdown in the first movie. He's the only one that figures a way around the shield. So I could see it's like, yeah, if you need someone to irrationally pin this on, it would be David. Like it, it the em- emotionality tracks like it's logical emotionality and oh, maybe i, I just oh. want to say one
3: thing once i want to say one thing the, the dichotomy is after the fallout of the thing jeff goldblum's character thinks a we need to save the earth and don't worry about all this jazz but b maybe there are other species that could help us think about how that would sound to hillard's ears you want to go get some more aliens and tell us where we're at to do a bunch of stuff to help us out. You are a fool. If our planet is destroyed, we must go up there, armed to the teeth, and get another one. Sorry, that's the answer to propagating our species. We're not going to die on this rock. Now that we have the technology, we can go up there, armed for bear, and deal with whatever's out there. That's two diametrically opposed. To one is leaving and being kind of xenophobic. One is bringing up more aliens to help us. Those are two diametrically. I things.
2: love that character arc for Steve, which is coming to the realization that he's going to be no better than the aliens that came in the first one. You know, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Let
1: me just add another wrinkle for episode one stuff. As we're doing the flashbacks, the one thing holding these guys together as their acrimony grew between them was president Whitmore. He was working directly with David to try to finance like the fixing of this problem. And he was becoming a mentor to Steven, you know, sort of grooming him to be a leader after the events of the first movie. So he was the middle link between these two guys. When he gets abducted, then there's no, there's no reconciling. And so that makes him even more important to their relationship when they go to ostensibly save him in the second half of the series we've already established that he is the guy who could potentially bridge their divide. So then when it turns out he's evil, he's this drone that they're using to, to, strengthen their hive mind. Well, then it's like your glimmer of hope that you get at your midpoint when it's like, Oh my God, Whitmore could be alive is doused even worse because it's like, Oh no. Like the guy who is the key to our heroes getting back together is now the villain. It's, Oh, it's great.
3: Yeah, and also just okay. him being sort of a, a just lightweight Manchurian for a second that we can't trust for a little segment of the time. And then, of course, like I said, in the course of six, it's going to be a quick turn where we can give it a lot of gravitas is what I'm saying. We we can establish it being bad. And then that last episode or so where he breaks it and defeats the stuff and either sacrifices himself or proves himself a superhero uh, and, and makes up for his misdeeds. That's yeah, all, all I, tracked. I,
2: I would say because it's such limited time, it's like – he has like a lucid moment. I, I know people don't like this movie, but kind of like, you remember in X-Men The Last Stand where Jean Grey just kind of s- like snaps out of the Phoenix for half a second. And she says to Logan, like, just kill me like real quick, you know? Like, I yeah. wonder if you do it like that, where, you know, my only my only
3: pushback on that is honestly, I want to ramp the nostalgia train and watching the super president and the previous super president and Jeff Goldblum fighting their way out of an installation with a bunch of hostages like their Rambo. I don't know how you can beat that. If we're talking Dude. about entertainment value, I don't know how you can beat that.
1: Jeff Goldblum definitely comes up with some sort of technology that can block the mind meld. And so he makes Whitmore go lucid at least for a limited period of time. Until that technology runs out of juice or like that puts a ticking clock on it, right? Like Hiller and Hiller and David work together to get whatever the technology is up and running, just like the virus in the first movie, but it's only going to work so long. And so in that time, they got to rescue Whitmore. They got to free the rest of the prisoners. They got to do right by the galaxy and they got to hightail back home. Leaving Whitmore open for his Bruce Willis at the end of Armageddon moment, I will take the fall so you get home together. And therein, their rift is finally mended when he makes that sacrifice for the good of both of them and tells them, you have to work together. And that's, I mean, that's the moment right there.
2: I can't remember. Does he sacrifice himself or die in Resurgence? I truly don't even remember anymore. I, can't, um, I guess it doesn't, doesn't really matter, but I bet he does. Is it what I'm saying. That,
0: that movie never happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: I, it's, uh, timeline, I watched maybe. it over like no joke. Like I could only watch like 20 minutes at a time. So I think I watched it over the course of like five days when it came out on iTunes. So I just don't remember if he did or not. Oh, but that that
3: reminds me. That reminds me, dude. Let's we got to. It's got to be dumb. One thing that Resurgence did that was really dumb was make all of our jets kind of like spaceships and stuff with little glowing lights on them and jazz. No, we got regular F-16s and F-18s and they're dropping carpet bombs on these fools. I'm just saying something that flies in atmosphere would be preferable to a goofy spaceship. No, it's good old American dumbass augmented. Obviously, We're, we're dropping super daisy cutters. You know, uh, and there are smart bombs and stuff. They're better bombs. But let's just get good old American Maverick versus aliens again. That was one of the best parts about the old movie. Our uh, old crap against their newfangled crap. It's America, baby. You've you got
2: to have up. that part. Uh, I was just reading, and I, I now I do remember uh, he does sacrifice himself in resurgence, but he's like an, on a piloting a suicide. He he quades himself. He quades See, himself. That's, that's what, I, that's what I thought, and that's why I'm just going to go on record
3: as – I would rather. I think the whole him sacrificing himself, like for what? Especially after he's been in prison for 15 years. I really don't like when characters that didn't get to do nothing – Sacrifice themselves for characters who get to do stuff all day. It's tragic, but it's, that's tragic, thinking, but that's it's not a nineties
1: cool. action movie though. He, Come on, yeah, uh, In a nineties action movie, guys, is can
3: you get your boys and you bring them back and you get to celebrate getting them why, back? Why don't Richard, we just Winter? Why can't Richard make it to Earth, dude? Why, 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 why don't we just Winter Soldier?
2: Just Winter Soldier. He he. If the thing only works for a limited amount of time, it's like we'll we'll keep you in captivity, like or we'll put you in a coma until we can figure out and then that leaves it open for, I don't know if we want to do another limited series down the road or whatever, you know, or just coming home with the PTSD of war I- inside of him. Like you never know when idea. this thing's going to pop up. Being again. in an alien an freaking So maybe it's you not can. a timer. Maybe it's not a timer. Like this is only work for 10 minutes. It's like, hey, this is going to work. It's going to wear off at some point. I don't know when. It could be tomorrow. It could be 10 years from now. But it, this potentially could wear just, off. The, you fact, know? Yeah. the fact that they know that they can't
3: real, They know that they can disconnect him. They don't know how many different ways it was connected. You know what I'm saying? It's alien
0: fricking technology. Ron, go. Okay, so if you want to do a sacrifice, how about we do a twist where the lady who is the vice president decides uh, that she's been being manipulated by the bad guy, uh, the main bad guy, and she's the one who sacrifices herself to get the three of them free.
1: Nah, yeah. not to be not to not to poo poo, but it's like. What do you get out of that? I, I don't know. Villains, villains just randomly having a change of heart is not a '90s action movie. In a '90s action movie, the villains go down like Hans Gruber at the end of Die Hard. To me,
0: all right, fair enough. I just, I just
1: think then it's a the, the character. But, you know, yeah, I mean, the movie doesn't need another hero like we've already kind of got a sure fit <laughs> of heroes because we've that's got true. Goldblum, Will Smith, President Whitmore's getting redeemed. And then we're probably going to need to have some young buck with them on the trip just to get, you know, the young butts in seats. So I, it's like I don't need another hero. I,
2: the, okay. I mean, just we have to be careful because I think that's ultimately what sunk. Resurgence is like I don't care about Liam Hemsworth. I don't care about Little Will Smith. I don't care about President's daughter. Well, That's yeah, totally I, fair. I would, I would second that very
3: much. In that, this is a good version of those John McClane movies. One of the worst things about John McClane is he became hyper competent over the course of it. He just could do everything all of a sudden there was it was gone was that I'm barely holding on. Oh God, that was the craziest thing that ever happened to me. Independence day as campy as it is keeps a little bit of that. I don't think Will Smith is going to be like jazzed about going up to space and punch these guys in the face. I think he's going to know that it's really terrible so I, I just i don't know okay well, here's I a think-
0: here's a thing I'm, I'm finding a small problem with uh who's running america while the president is out on a space adventure the vice vivica president. A
2: Fox, the first lady like, who so probably I, is running I everything I anyway literally
0: i was going to suggest that that was what we were actually doing that's actually what's going to be my suggestion is that we have vivica a. fox but, but technically the, the vice
2: the vice president is still on earth and she's running things. But I think, you know, that's where you give Vivica a Fox, you know, she's there to kind of represent our heroes on the ground.
1: And she could, she could be the one even that, that, um, you know, facilitates Goldblum learning the things he needs to motivate him to get up into space, you know, to give backup to Hiller. It's because, she has vivica fox's character has never understood this acrimony between them and she knows that they're better together so she's going to be the catalyst to get the boys back together as she works against the machinations of the vice president who's secretly working with the ex-president
0: you know what i mean and she's probably not trusted her the entire time anyways
1: totally totally cool um All right. We need to get to casting this thing. Before we do, we're going to take one more commercial break. Get over it. It's not that big a deal. You're helping us out. You're putting dollars in our pockets. Come on, people. We will literally be right back. Okay, so we have got got a lot of story. It all is working. We've got a tone that I think is right in line with the first movie, but brings a little bit of a 21st century sophistication to it. Now... Who's in the movie? And we, have of course, have Will Smith, Vivica A. Fox, Jeff Goldblum, Bill Pullman. We have talked about having the ex-president that Stephen Hiller uh, defeated to take office. We've talked about having Stephen Hiller's vice president, who's shifty and two-faced and actually working with the ex-president. I think we can have a young military guy that's on the squad with President Hiller, as he suits up for one last rah-rah mission. And then I also think that there can be another scientist guy to sort of serve the Jeff Goldblum role. And maybe we, maybe we swap them, right? Maybe Will Smith has a proto-Jeff Goldblum who's leading scientific effort to build the wormhole. And maybe Jeff Goldblum has a proto-Will Smith who's sort of his, um, could be like his security guy or something but sort of like in the two young guys and even the, you could even lampshade this where the young guys could 100% recognize like, Oh, I'm just a stand in for this other, like this whole thing is just a love story between Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum. So it's like, these are the, these are sort of like the substitute lovers that aren't quite the original, but are way less trouble than the original, you know, the two young guys would be.
3: I say Jeff Goldblum has a woman. Uh hey, not, what, what happened
2: to the one from the first movie
1: that uh, when Constance he, uh, or no her, her character's name was Constance what's her what's the actress's name hold on Margaret yeah. Collin yeah his sure. ex-wife
2: yeah now yeah. They, then they got remarried right and, and I uh-huh. think yeah and her, just her being sort of her and he being sort of zealotous in their pursuit of this which is, which is interesting version. because she used to be into politics. So she's probably the one that's kind of telling him like, this is probably what they're strategizing. This is, you know, I've been in those rooms. This is what they're talking
1: about. You know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I like that.
1: I guess I'm the only thing I'm bumping up again, like that is 100% her role in this, but like, where are the young people and not to be that guy, but like this entire cast is over 55. That's true. So we're doing space cowboys. <laughs> Even they had a young guy t- for the for the old guys to like buck against. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's why I suggested that like maybe Hiller and Goldblum each have like a younger protege that's sort of a weird stand-in for the other guy. It's a little bit like um, I got I know one. not quite the same, but it's a little bit like the new Bill and Ted movie. Like they each had a daughter and they sort of were like
0: opposite. I don't know, just something to think about. You guys. This is the perfect opportunity for Tom Holland to be in our Disney plus Hulu plus show. And I'm actually right this time.
1: No. But you know Tom what Holland as a as a proto Jeff Goldblum?
2: I yeah. I don't. I I just don't buy it. It's it's too I just don't buy it. He he always looks like he's twelve. Uh I don't That's think you would. Point. But you know who He'll I think one of your one of your ones that I do think would work is Jensen Ackles. I feel like he could definitely fit into this. He looks like he was plucked out of a 90s action movie and his stock <laughs> is starting to rise whether you yep. like it or not. He's in The Boys, he's the voice of Batman in this new big
1: uh thing coming out, so I mean, listen, he could definitely play the Adam Baldwin role from the original movie just like Secondary military guy who gives all the great fires
2: lots of tires, big daddy.
1: That was Harry Connick Jr.,
2: but either way, oh no, I was thinking of him, I like him better. I want and Eccles to be Harry Connick Jr. Then (laughs) (laughs) he has a really good voice. Adam Adam Baldwin was in Independence Day, yeah, yeah, he was one
0: of the military dudes. He shot the uh alien. Oh, I have zero memory
1: of him in it. He was the guy who shot the alien when the alien took over Bill Pullman's mind. Oh, yeah. that was, I didn't, I guess I just didn't put two
2: and two together that that was him. That was him.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, I, I'm thinking
3: uh young, hot Asian guy with, with, Will, with Will Smith potential for right now. Cause I just think number one, I think it's interesting that we get the, the, the new Will Smith being, Put on people as the new hot guy was weird. I'm old enough to remember that it was weird. It wasn't. It wasn't Shaft. It was a military type of thing. It was like making a black guy a Maverick. Right about now, the most subversive thing we could do is have a, a, a cool, young, fresh Asian pilot. He could be American. He could be from another country. He could be so. I'm just saying, just just jazzed up. Let's spice it up. Let's get let's get some interesting people in this movie. Is Henry just- Golding still
1: hot? I mean, he I, like physically. Yes, he's <laughs>
2: <laughs> is his stock still high. There's I a guy. There's so. a guy from the Winter Soldier. He's one of the super
3: soldiers. That guy in any sort of uniform would drive oh, that, the ladies wild. That uh, that uh, and he's English. Like- he's English and he's Asian and he's handsome and he's buff. And get out of here. We we would sell tickets. But I, I don't think he's a star yet because they don't let Asian dudes be stars yet in America. Well, I don't so. know if yeah, that well,
1: guy's super compelling. I mean, he's I'm yeah. Serious. You're 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 right.
3: But even if it's like I don't know, old, even an older guy like Daniel Day Kim or something, just some sort of a, a younger than Will Smith Hawk that is Asian, Latino, any damn thing, I think would be very interesting or representation of the new military. Yeah, what about, you know, like, what about, on the on the ground.
1: What about let's let's just grab Simu Liu out of Shang Chi since he's the new hotness right now. Just yeah. keep it going, Simu. I'm down. Um, I was gonna say. just what about Steven
2: Yeun? I know he's getting up there. He's not too far away from them, but he's still kind of. He might be coming off an Oscar by the time we do this.
1: Mm, He's pretty old, dude. I mean that there's D- wrong Daniel
2: with that. Day Cam, are you kidding me? That I, guy's social media. I just, I didn't agree I just to him. said
1: I
3: just said somebody that we could get the archetype that I was going for because I'm wokeizing it, everybody. Okay, here's one. Actually, here's one.
0: I'm gonna argue that you're not wokeizing it, and I'm gonna say that it goes with the theme of the entire show, which is getting people and groups together to be successful. So I think it actually just goes with what we're doing. Just honestly,
2: um, who is? Did you guys? I'm gonna guess the answer is no. Before I even ask the question, did you guys watch Glee back in the day?
0: Oh that, yeah, Harry, no. the Shum. guy
2: that
1: played Mike Chang, Harry Shum. Yeah, yeah. What about him? I I'd, I'd be down with that. The ladies do love him. Okay. I was actually gonna suggest Ludi Lin, who played um, the Black Ranger in the 2017 Power Rangers, but is gonna be Liu Kang in the upcoming Mortal Kombat.
2: Oh. Yeah, that's that's actually a good one. Let me look and see.
1: I was going to throw out another suggestion. And yes, it's super easy, but I also think it could be inspired. In the proto-Goldbloom role, someone who can play quirky and fast-talking and weird but make it really compelling and is kind of tall and wiry and I kind of have a thing for her the same way Ed has a thing for Florence Pugh, Zendaya Zendaya as the scientist on Will Smith's team playing weird and fast talking in the same way that Goldblum did in the first movie.
0: Yeah. I don't
1: hate it.
3: And I think, I don't don't think anybody, I don't think anybody would be like, why isn't Goldblum? trying to have sex with this young girl. It's just like they're colleagues and they're interesting personality types and they are attracted to each other platonically like people can be. So it's not all this this freak show all the damn time. She's, yeah. and yeah. Would anybody really be like harping on that a lot? dude it's this just is ho- no 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 this is hollywood on nine movies out of ten got some 50 year old dude romancing up on some teenager it sucks and it's weird and we act like it's cool and i'm sorry i don't think it's cool and i don't the think shit, it's no. necessary especially if the chick is an actual freaking scientist instead of being christmas or whatever denise richards played and uh <laughs> it, it, you know it, i'm just saying like i can see i'm building on your point bill that she can, she, she can play scientists. she she could play quirky she's She's good 100. at that and good with dialogue. Good with a lot of it.
2: All right. I, I don't have a better suggestion than I don't dislike that
1: dollars one. So. Just for the, uh, the cast that we have, but dude, we're, yeah, we're already saying that we're going to have Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum in this movie. Like the money's there. This is a Roland Emmerich production, baby. The money right. is there. Six episodes if you're, if you're Zendaya, you're maybe in like two and a half. Like your shooting days, you probably have 21 shooting days on this series, right? Like it's not a huge role, but it's a good role. And I also think, you know, theoretically in future seasons, you've got your Ludi Lin or your Harry Shum Jr. and your Zendaya as possible leads if we need to cut Goldblum and Will Smith out of the budget and continue this on into future seasons. That's another good reason to have them in there.
0: Yeah, not to mention that if they want us to uh, extend this a little bit, we can have some scenes on Earth with them helping Vivica Fox in whatever type of way. And then we now have the Will Smith and uh, 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 Jeff Goldblum stand-ins come together to actually um, work together as well and have their own repartee.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. So, okay, so let's just finally cast – the evil vice president and the ex president who are sort of our antagonists that are screwing everything up on earth for our heroes. Is it um, too
0: on the nose to co Julia Dreyfus?
1: Probably. Yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> Just Agg- aggressively,
1: vice. aggressively too on the nose. <laughs> should be um, the vice president. <laughs> but that said, Ed, I mean, you were pushing earlier, like, for a, for a very hawkish woman um to sort of be driving some of the conflict do you have an actress in mind for that i mean
3: no just because we've used a lot of the great ones that are believable like helen mirren and like if you want to go that old or if you want to go like mid range or, or i don't know people think she's old but i remember her being young ellen barkin or you know just all these different sort of people who are like you could see them evolving into a hawk and they could pull off the hawk persona I really kind of wanted to leave that open. I didn't want to have like just a locked it. It's going to be Michelle Yeoh with 57 pounds of dialogue. No thanks.
1: I also think that that role is perfect for like a good TV actress. Like, you know, um, my mind goes to the woman who played the senator that was having the affair with Mahershala Ali in the early seasons of House of Cards. Um, She's been in a ton of stuff. She was in Deadwood, Mm. she was in Goliath. Her name. I I don't know the actress's name, but like just a good premium TV actress could also buy.
0: What about uh, Viola Davis?
2: On similar waves, Ron, I was thinking of Alfred Woodward. Yeah.
1: My mind actually just went to Katie Seagal, Peg Bundy. Yeah. I just
2: personally have such a hard time taking her seriously. I think the Peg Bundy thing is just hard for me to break through. That's a me issue, though. Um, What about. What about oh who is um who played the blonde claire on modern family julie bowen what about julie bowen ooh I julie, julie bowen B- is the
1: money to dude me. i could see okay. julie like also what a great turn for her to play like just a bitch on wheels after being so lovable in that show right and it's the exact sort of uh, running
3: mate type person. If we're going to, I don't know if we mix up the timeframes or whatever, but the bottom line is I I think in order for Will Smith to be president, war hero would save the world or not. He'd have to
1: have something like that on his arm. Being, <laughs> agreed. <you know. laughs> no agreed. I think that that makes like, I was picturing that role as essentially being um, Jodie Foster in inside man.
3: You Woo! Know, yeah. so, Woo! Yeah. yeah! Nice! Yeah, that characterization—that's nice. Yeah, and Julie Bowen would murder that, and she is a grand—she's te- like a she's a grand television actress.
0: Yeah,
1: in the in the realm of grand television actors or actresses, I'm actually going to suggest Dominic West, um, famously of The Wire, played McNulty in The Wire, but also played the scheming senator in my boy Zack Snyder's 300 as the ex president. Um, he's essentially the guy who rapes the queen of Sparta in 300. But yeah. that dude as the scheming ex president, first of all perfect level as an actor, just a, a good premium TV actor and just so hateable. Can just play play, you know, conniving behind the scenes manipulator with a plume.
3: Who's the guy? Who's the guy? Oh, God. God. I, I have this guy in my head so hard. He played uh, – he was in like Arrow playing a, a dude that, that was against oh, Arrow.
0: I, I What's know who it? you're talking about. Ah, not the guy John, who plays Damon. Not
2: John – Dude, I used to work with him. This makes me feel like a terrible person.
3: Is it John Barrowman? (laughs) Yeah, John John, Barrowman. John Barrowman. I could see that dude um, murdering
2: that role. Dude, John Barrowman is a fantastic actor.
1: I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. Finally... Is, is Dean going to show run this or do we want to bring somebody else in? What, is gonna, what are we do? I don't think he's going to let anyone else touch this, is he?
2: Maybe direct know. an episode or two, but even then.
1: Ron, uh, I you know that Dean Devlin is the executive producer of the librarians, which feels like a I show. I love
0: that the Dean librarians.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm loving this
0: right like now. This is, this is would great. Be into, I have seen it many, many times. I love that show. How did I know? How did I
3: know? <laughs> uh, I mean, if it's if it's Dean, do you think it could be Dean and some young hot
1: person? It'd be good if it could be. That might be I could, I could buy, gets I thrown, buy gets
3: thrown out of the room, <laughs> dude. I could buy a Dean and a young and a, a, a youngish because you know everybody young and hot and is 48. So, yeah. uh, just somebody that like has run, like, you know what, dude? I'll yeah. throw this out there. I somebody like uh Ronald D. Moore, and I'll tell you why because. He I think he would invest just enough smartness in this if he if he bought this conceit as a realistic interpretation of two different ways to think about spacefaring. And he just really bought into our conceit of our, our world, the way he bought into DS9 about Galactica, him and Dean Devlin. He would show up two two days and put a little smarty smart on Dean Devlin's crap. I'm just saying that's just that's where I would start as somebody like that to see if they would like to smartenize this if they want to. Limitless. So here's, here's the
2: thing, Ed. I 100% think that Ronald Moore is, is great, but we have to remember the boss that we are pitching to. I think Ronald D. Moore is almost too great, and I think that there would be professional just headbutting because I think, I, I, I just think like this is where we run into the issue of just like, I'm not sure how well he's going to play with others. I can see that. But I do think it's we, a great idea. I, do we pitch I, it? I, I, will, I will back you if you pitch it, but like, I will back you from
1: like a socially distanced back. Like. <laughs> oh boy. I'm, uh, I'm going to say this, guys. I say we put the pitch out there, and we don't suggest a showrunner unless he asks. That's what I'm going to say. It's probably the safe bet. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yep. So, guys – Let's get Roland and Dean on the horn because we have achieved Reboot. We have got a six-episode limited series direct to Hulu reviving the concept of ID4 with most of the original cast intact. It is a big, expensive show, but we know you got the money to burn, and literally every eyeball on Earth will return to see the acrimonious breakup of Captain Stephen Hiller and David, whatever his last name was. Levinson. Levinson. Oh, that's right. Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum are back, but they don't like each other. Will Smith is now the president of the United States, elected on the background of saving the world, and he has a plan to evacuate humanity. Why? Because when those original spaceships crashed, they released a failsafe, a doomsday weapon that is slowly poisoning our atmosphere, turning the Earth uninhabitable. David Levinson, Jeff Goldblum's character, is the head of a foundation dedicated to solving that problem with science. And they have disagreed more and more as the years have passed about whether we should evacuate the planet or try to rehabilitate the planet. And that split was exacerbated when Bill Pullman, former President Whitmore, was abducted maybe five, 10 years ago. He was the last thing holding our heroes together. And ever since then, they have blamed each other for not saving him, blamed each other for the problems in the world, not doing enough to support the other person. Then, An alien arrives on Earth, and right away Will Smith is up in arms to kill it with fire, but it turns out this alien is a beneficent alien, an alien that is not here to harm us. In fact, this alien comes with news that the evil alien species is repopulating. This alien is a low-level telepath who has escaped through time and space from a prison on another world where the locust aliens from the first movie have been cloning themselves to rebuild their strength. And so Will Smith decides he personally is going to lead a team out there to take the fight to them. Meanwhile on Earth, we know this is complicated, but it's fun, isn't it? The vice president is conniving with the ex-president that Will Smith defeated, in order to strand Will Smith out amongst the stars and reset the balance of power on Earth because they actually want to use his wormhole technology for more nefarious purposes. Of course, Jeff Goldblum and his team find out that this is happening with assistance from First Lady Vivica A. Fox and uh, Constance Levinson, and he sets off to save Will Smith his old buddy turned nemesis, and it's there on the alien planet that they find out President Whitmore is alive, his telepath-enabled brain is being used to link up all these clone bodies, he is a linchpin in the plan to repopulate the aliens and invade Earth, and of course, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum work together to free him from the mind control, free the other aliens that are being locked up there, escape back to Earth, and take power back from those scheming uh, potential presidents that we left back home. Whoo! That was a pitch. But guys, this feels like the spiritual successor to Independence Day, does it not? Plus, we've got Zendaya and Harry Shum Jr. if you want him, Ludi Lin if you want him, set up to carry the franchise forward if we should be so lucky. So Dean, Roland, what do you think? Guys, I'm energized. I'm energized by this pitch. I think it is brilliant. It is brilliant. The only thing I have to ask you is this. Who is the showrunner? Well, we kicked
2: around a few names, but I think ultimately you and Dean would kind of co-run it. And maybe we'd bring in Ronald D. Moore for just a little spice and you guys could kind of do it as a trio.
1: you son of a bitch you son of you ronald d moore what is ronald d moore a better writer than dean mother f-ing devlin No, nope. no he's not he's just maybe punching up by, he's good he's good with you know space travel stuff space travel stuff oh god here we go here we go jesus christ no you know what I'm so sick of this. I am, no, I have had it up to here. I get no respect. I directed Geostorm, God damn it. I get no respect from you, Roland, from these pricks. Who the hell are these guys? Did they direct Geostorm? Did they create any television shows as successful as the librarians? No, they goddamn did not. Oh God, please, for the love of God, go take a shower. Guys, guys, Ronald D. Moore doesn't have to be on this writing staff, right? Just a suggestion. Just, just a suggestion. Suge- just a
3: suggestion. Just yeah. note, well, I didn't I didn't say it. Just note that. Well, I've got
1: a suggestion for you. I say you pack up your stuff and you get the hell out of here and you never come back to the offices of Electric Pictures. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Roland, do you feel the same way? Maybe not. Oh, uh, boys, I wish I could help you. This guy, you know, this guy. Listen, I will tell you what I do. I have a little-known device. You may be interested. Uh, uh, yeah. What kind of what kind of device? Have you seen my movie Stargate? Yeah, yes, yeah, that's, yeah. That's classic. That is based on a true story. I do not lie to you. I have a Stargate. Use it, and perhaps you will find a Hollywood more becoming of your sensibilities. Are, you, are we talking about illicit drugs? I think he might be
3: saying that I, we should go to a world smart enough for our products.
1: Is that what you're saying? Yes, you see the complexity with which you work. It is stupid. You will get nowhere in Hollywood. But perhaps if you were to try a different Hollywood...
0: I mean, do they have money in that Hollywood?
1: Yes, but their money all has pictures of Jalil White. Sign me up, baby. I'm there. I'm
0: going. Did I do that?
1: (laughs) Uh, Okay, I guess we're saying yes. Well, gentlemen... Hold on to your butts.
0: Hey guys, this is Ron. If you want to check out what we are currently doing, all you have to do is go to the Rebooted channel on YouTube and you can see our sweet faces talking about this stuff. We've got a new tea Public store for you to get all of the cool shirts that you could possibly want. The Mumbo Gumbo, the Pop Art Reboot Crew, the Classic logo, and then, of course, the Rebooted drinking game, which has Jensen Ackles and DJ Qualls among other fan favorite comments. So do yourself a favor, go to tpublic.com user slash reboot dash it and pick up your favorite t-shirt. So thanks for listening and thanks for supporting Reboot It.